Sandcast, Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerder, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. We are back in our Born on the Beach studios, and our guest, Sarah Hughes, has managed to find the right unit. I know it's, I feel like that's like should be our new Sandcast initiation. Like, you can't get help finding Tri's unit. I took like four laps before I finally was like, man, I should probably just call him and see which uh, unit was his. Gabby and I just got the, uh, the Born. Place mat or what? What do you call it? Uh, welcome the, mat. The welcome, welcome mat at the, at the <laughs> front place mat. Yeah, so uh, it's labeled now. We got some plants out there, but yeah, it's kind of hard to find. Hint: Just go up the driveway, people. Go Maybe up you'll the driveway and then up the, up the stairs. stairs. You're right. Figure it out. Find the mat that says "born" on it. Exactly. It's usually a good help now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or the ones with uh, with Viking paraphernalia everywhere. Yeah, I need to decorate the door a little bit. Maybe get a fat head. Up there, yeah. Vikings. Yeah, we're about to go to the Super Bowl, by the way. And Sarah, do you have do you have any NFL favorite team? I know it's tough for like Southern California natives to have picked one, just because yeah. we're missing one for so long. I mean, being in this household, I'm just gonna have to go with the yeah. Vikings. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, perfect. Well, you can come over tomorrow and watch the game. We're gonna win, so we'll have a Super Bowl party too. Perfect. And I got I'm hats here. for you. I got a jersey. Good to go. And then, so you guys are, are both Trojans. Did you follow along? Did you go to any um, USC football games this year? Oh, yes, of course. I'm, I'm actually getting my master's there. So it's, it's always fun to be around for game day and go into the Coliseum and watch the Trojans play. Which games did you end up going to? Oh, wow. I can't even remember. Um, who did we play? I don't know, at home. They had a few big matchups this year. Oh, I went to oh the big game. Obviously, I went to the UCLA game. Oh yeah, that's always. And then I think one of the most exciting games was the second game of the season, USC Texas. That was a double overtimer. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a great game. I was there too. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. But so you're getting your masters because I mean at this point why not? I mean nothing can compare to your schedule last year. So I feel like just getting your master's and playing is probably not even that big of a time commitment compared to the madness that was 2017. Yeah, 2017 was madness, but, you know, I, I made a commitment to get, want to get my master's. I never thought I would, but senior year of college, I, I really thought about it, and USC has this really great program. It's called the MSCI program. Um, so I'm getting my master's in entrepreneurship, and I'm knocking it out in a year, so I'll be done late April and then back on the tour again. And then just nothing but volleyball after <laughs> that? Exactly, nothing but volleyball after that. And what uh, what do you want to use this master's for? Or are you just like, do you just want to have it and then if something sort of strikes you or, or inspires you later on that you'll have that to go with? Uh, you know, it's entrepreneurship. So in saying that, I think a lot of professional athletes are entrepreneurs already. Um, we're our own business. But at the same time, I want to I want to do something on my own, maybe a little bit into my volleyball career or after. So I want to build my own business one day, and this program is giving me the tools to do so. Yeah, I know that USC has a has an excellent business program, and try we might have to get you your own little master's degree. I'm seriously taking notes right now. We were talking about it before. I was like, yeah, I need to. Uh, first of all, I feel like an idiot for not doing this. I just sat out for a whole year. I could have had my master's <laughs> by now. <laughs> And I've also been, I mean, I'm just like constantly on YouTube and reading books and all this, trying to learn basically entrepreneurship. So I probably should have taken that path. And actually, I'm going to have to ask you a bunch of questions about that because that might be a good idea for me. But um, no, I think it's so smart. 
like you said, especially in beach volleyball specifically, where um, agents have to, I mean, even if you have an agent, which both of us do, you're doing a lot of the work. Uh, you have to be in on the meetings. You have to be talking to sponsors, representing yourself, building your brand, booking your flights. And it's a business. I mean, and I've, since then we started a podcast and we got our first paycheck. So we're professionals now, Travis. We are. Congratulations. So we're entrepreneurs. We're, we're learning. We're getting our masters by doing. Exactly. We're getting like our, our real life masters. The world masters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. no, I'll lend you guys some of my books. We'll take it. No, that's a great idea. And backtracking to this this past year, so I mean, you you and and your partner Kelly Place did so much. I mean, you you had your full beach season with USC along with a full course load, and you won national championships and collegiate beach championships, which is a USAV um, kind of tournament. And then you went full time AVP, and then you had a couple FIVBs. So just walk us through this year and just how you managed to keep everything in line and keep improving both in the classroom and on the beach yeah well my first commitment was the USC beach volleyball team I think senior year was a little distracting sometimes because people were looking forward to what was to come which was our graduation and then professional tour but I you know as a team captain I had that commitment to the team and all my energy was going into that and, and also my schoolwork just to finish up my undergrad degree. But going into Gulf Shores, we were a team. We were one unit, and then we came out with that win. And then the next step for Kelly and I was the USAV Collegiate Parish Championship, and we finished that off with a win. And then that day after, we – excuse me, we had graduation – during that tier, that time, so we had to play a match and run to graduation. Where well, you, you spoke at your graduation too, right? Yes, I was one of the key speakers. It was oh just just another thing to throw on there. <laughs> that was one of the most nerve wracking things I've ever done to write a speech and go up in front of everyone and and say that. But it was a really cool experience, and I'm glad I did it. But you know, the next day we were on a flight to Rio for our first FIVB, and it's it's crazy looking back at it now because. You can say that was our first full season, uh, but it really wasn't. You know, we, we missed some AVPs, we missed some FIVBs because of school. So, you know, now our, our main priority is getting out there on the professional tour and really having a full first season. That's really intense. I mean, just the fact that, I mean, it says a lot about kind of your maturity, uh, the fact that you were able to make yourself kind of focus on the present and finish what you had started. I know personally, and not even close to the same extent, I, I never had the, kind of the same pressures on me, but trying to like finish just a season for me and not think about the future, not think about maybe a partner change that might be coming or something that you want to do in the off season, just commit to your partner and what you, and that task at hand is, is actually really difficult. Um, and you had like, tenfold with all that and you're still in college I mean when I was 21 what are you 21 you're 22 yeah, now I'm 22 now yeah I was uh not even close to, <laughs> to there uh, maturity wise uh, but no that's really cool and how much time did you give yourself to relax say after uh, Chicago where you guys won and congratulations on that which was awesome 
Um, did you take any downtime knowing that the FIVB schedule was going to be starting up a little bit earlier than normal with the Hague in the first week of January? Well, thank you, because Chicago was amazing, and it was quite the win for our first ABP victory. We, I think I took about a full month off of just not even hitting a ball, and then uh, I was occasionally back in the weight room, but most of the time it was just kind of relaxing and settling down, but I was still, kind of went straight back into school, so I was... Uh, still competing, but I had to do a summer class for my master's program. So I guess it was a break from volleyball, but I just went straight into the schooling side, which was really cool. But that that full month off, I had never had an off season in my whole entire life. So just resting the shoulder and the body, it was it was really nice to have that break and just focus on a few other things for a change. And I know that some athletes can struggle sometimes with taking some time off because they're like, oh, I can't wait to rest. I can't wait to rest. And then their rest day comes and they're like, well, what do I do now? Was it, <laughs> <laughs> was it ever a struggle? Like, did you have to fight yourself and say, like, no, we need this rest. Just stay on the couch, study, don't hit a ball. It was hard. It really was, especially I have a big friend group who all love to play volleyball. So even going down to the beach, I had to say, no, I know my shoulder needed rest. I know my body needed rest. So it was just that opportunity to kind of test yourself and know it will be for the betterment of my body to rest now and then complete, compete harder later on. So it was hard, but like I said, I jumped right back into school. So that kind of gave me my outlet and a little bit of a distraction just to focus on that. And then you guys, you take about a month off. And when did you and Kelly pick up Jose Loyola as your coach? Was that something that had been in the works for a little bit? Or when you guys came back, did you start kind of experimenting with different coaches and seeing who fit your style? We, Kelly and I had just had a conversation about it during that time because we went on, on out on the tour and it was only us two. And try, I know you, it's hard out there when it's just you yeah. two and no coach because <clears throat> excuse me some teams have three personnel on their staff oh, yeah. if you go there'll be there'll be like two brazilian teams that come on a tournament and they'll have like eight coaches <laughs> no joke there's like five or six coaches like like out there with one team warming up and we're over there like trying to like toss the ball with spin to simulate a pass <laughs> we're like alone and it's two of us um, no, it's really tough without a coach. We didn't have one for my first two years on tour. Um, so, yeah, I totally can relate. Yeah, it's hard out there, and we, we kind of got into our own routine of, of only being able, us two, we'd run, serve a ball at each other, run, get the other ball, serve it really quick. Because FIVB style, you only you get two balls, and then the next team's on, and there's five teams waiting behind you. But anyway, Kelly and I sat down while we were competing, and in Rio, and we're like, we, we really need to get a coach out here. And we had been trained by Jose before for the Youth USA um, World Championship. So we knew him. We had talked to him. We knew how dedicated he was. So once, I think it would be in like the middle of the summer, we came home and we're like, let's, let's get Jose. And he came out. He started training us. And then from there, it was like, all right full-time let's do this and we're we're really grateful for him he has helped us so much and 
he's he's a legend himself. So yeah, he recently just got inducted into the Beach Volleyball Hall of Fame, right? He since did. You guys, since recently. yeah, I think uh, maybe a month. It month was and in half December. Ago. Yeah, yeah, he so got inducted, and right. he deserves every bit of that because he's just an amazing person, player and coach, but. He, we, you know, we go out on the tour and everyone's Loyola and yeah. how are you? And they're stoked to see him. And a, like in Brazil, it's like people, he's like a god out there. Like people are like, you know, like whispering behind his back. Like, oh, that's Jose Loyola. Yeah, it's, it, everyone knows who he is. Yeah. And so we're kind of cool by association, I guess you can say. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're having some fun with him and we're, we're really happy he's part of the team. Now I've seen some of the videos that you put up. It, it looks like uh, you're getting your cardio. Oh, yeah. Workouts yeah. in for sure. Yeah, he he comes up with some really fun defensive drills, and some people say on the social media, like, we don't know how you're doing that, but it's just part of the game, and I actually love those drills. I could do those drills every day, so it's it's fun when he has something new to come up with. Yeah. We're definitely going to have to get Jose on the podcast soon. Oh, for so sure. For everyone to hear that one. That's going to be a good episode for sure. Yeah, he would love that. He's such a fun guy to talk to. Too. I mean, his stories are endless. Yeah, I've, I've had uh, the pleasure of being on the road with him when he was coaching uh, Kessie and Emily Day. And uh, yeah, just having dinner with him over in wherever it was, Russia or China. And he's just like telling us stories the whole time of his days playing. And um, I can't even repeat the story. <laughs> it's a family friendly podcast. Yeah, exactly. But um, he's had a, quite a beach volleyball life. And I mean, he moved over when he was like 18, 18 years 18, old from Brazil, just like had nothing and just came out and just started dominating U.S. beach volleyball and got all the money and fame and the partying and the <laughs> stories are good. And now he's a top level coach. And you, you've been playing volleyball basically since you could walk. Um, and But your first year on tour, I'm sure, was probably a pretty good learning experience. What were some things that you just learned just by immersing yourself now in a field full of professionals? Because I feel like the the step from high school to college is probably pretty steep, but from college to the pros is probably really steep. And then even the pros to the top tier FIVB is probably even another big jump. Yeah, it's it really is a big jump. And I give much thanks to USC and my coaches there who help prepare us for that because Dane Bland, one of the volunteer assistant coaches, he he is Olympic gold medalist. He's been out on the tour. So him and head coach Anna Collier, they really gave us some tips. But going out and doing it on your own really is a huge jump. And you can just tell the difference by the level of play, how aggressive everyone is. And especially in college, the shots you put down on collegiate players will not go down on FIVB pro players unless they're perfect. So that was just a big learning experience, getting out there and growing and, you know, winning some really cool matches against top players and then losing against teams we might, we probably shouldn't have. But um, it was it was a really cool summer and I'm excited for more to come. And we, we've talked about it before, um, about kind of the little mental tricks that you had when you were practicing at USC, how, you know, you had played AVP and you had lost to, I think, April and Carrie. And when you came back to USC, you just pretty much imagined playing against them. So, and, and I think that that would, that's kind of a really good tip 
for a lot of the listeners to take home is that like, even in practice, if you're playing against a team that you're way better than, I mean, how much value did you get out of just thinking April would probably dig that shot? That was huge. I, every time that that's what we would imagine my shot, it was a high line shot, for example, and it was, you know, it was okay, maybe more towards the middle of the court and it still went down. I wasn't happy with myself and I knew that wasn't good enough. And the best part about that was the coaches, like Anna, she would be like, no, that's, that's not okay. That, I mean, obviously she's happy the, the ball goes down, but right. she's like, when you get out there, that's, April's going to dig that. Uh, Brooke Sweat's going to dig that easily. So there, like you said, there's always little tricks we, we tried to do to train and prepare ourselves for the next level. And you mentioned that there were a couple shots, you know, that, that you hit that just didn't go down in the pros that might've gone down in college. Was there like a particular welcome to the pros moment where you're like, holy crap, these girls are pretty good. Oh man, just probably getting out there and thinking that, oh, that's, you know, a college girl probably she's, you know, the biggest was like, oh, she's 10 feet off. That's going to be a pull and a roll shot, but it just comes straight out your head. And you're like, oh, okay. That's, you know, they can hit the ball anywhere on the court and they're powerful and they've been out here for a while, they're experienced. So I think that was probably just a welcome to the tour. We, you know, we're, we're full out. We ball out every single match. I noticed uh, a lot of the times there's just like, certain players that can do things you've never seen before. They'll be like, I don't know, for example, like when I played uh, Butho, who's the young Brazilian player, it's the same thing. He's 10 feet off the net and he's six one maybe, six foot. Yeah. And all of a sudden he just like rips it at my face. And I think I'm dropping like to get a shot or like almost a free ball, down ball. I'm like, what? What's that? Surprise. How the hell did he do that? He's six one, way off the net, but... There's just these kind of freakish athletes on the world tour. And then you'll run into like an Evandro who's basically just like, seems like he's hitting from 10 feet off the net when he's serving. And then Phil, when he's hit, it looks like he's hitting straight down when he's serving. Um, so you, world tour, you just run into these like kind of freakish athletes, which is, I mean, you're taking all the best players in the world and combining them in one tour. So that's what you're going to get. But that's what I noticed. It's like certain players are like, what is that skill you just did? I've never seen it before. Yeah, and, and you had made a jump, you know, arguably bigger than anybody in that, you know, you had went from the qualifiers to playing with John Hyden, and you guys were seated, like, fourth in your first tournament. Yeah, my first tournament, <laughs> you were seated. So, I mean, did you have any sort of shock or just like, okay, well, Phil can do something that none of the guys in New Zealand could? Um, yes, uh, for sure. I played in the World University Games in, uh, where was I? Russia, um, and that's kind of when I got the first taste of like these huge players. We played against Semenov and um, mostly at Cantor, where in that tournament we were all young. Um, so I got to know like those angles that these players are hitting. But then, I mean, you can't really compare that to when you step out there with Phil. You're like, oh, so high line's not gonna work, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you basically have to. Luckily, I was playing with Hayden, so he's giving me tips and taught me a few things, uh, a few tricks to get around a guy like Phil, but yeah, no, totally. It's like Jake Gibb has his own style where you're not going to sneak these low angles around on Jake. Um, so you really have to learn each player and what they're really good at and then play based on that while 
still trying to maintain your game and not change your game just because, you know, just because they're going to try to take certain things away. And you mentioned Los Yak and Cantor and the Polish guys who have been playing together since, I mean, they were like teenagers, yeah. like preteens probably. And you and Kelly have been playing together for basically ever too. And your first tournament was what? Was that the Portugal one when you were, what, 16, Yeah, 15? it was Portugal. Porto, Portugal. Um, wow, we probably 16. I think it was junior year of high school. Was that uh, an FIVB? Yeah, it was a FIVB Youth World U19 World Championships. And that was, yeah, one of our first big tournaments together. We actually ended up taking bronze. But even then, that was a huge jump, especially for Kelly, who really was fairly new to the game at that point. So it was was fun, but those youth tournaments really gave us, I think, almost an advantage because we – we, some of those girls that we competed against then are now on the tour. Uh, we've all aged and grown up together and now on the FIVB tour, which I think is pretty cool. And so with, with partnerships, there's definitely a lot of value in growing with a partner. And I think, too, that also the more you play with someone, the more someone can scout you as a team, which I think, and I, I talked to Alex Kleiman a little bit earlier this week, and she thinks that you know, this being her first tournament in The Hague definitely played to their advantage because no one had any idea how to play April and Alex. Have you seen teams begin to adjust to you and Kelly just because there's so much film and material on you guys as a team that they might be able to pick up on some tendencies? Definitely. I think film is a huge advantage and disadvantage out there. And because Kelly and I have been playing so long, you see that and I'm sure people are analyzing it. But at the same time, I hope Kelly and I are improving our game and strategizing and making changes. But, you know, even take myself, for example, I some of the shots I would I would have I or my tendencies, I guess you could say they started picking up on those. And that's when you're like, oh, no, I need to make a change because you can really see how much coaches look at film and how much players are paying attention. So it's it's important to be able to realize that and be able to adapt. Yeah, I think um, one thing I learned, because I had a good first year on tour, too, and and I noticed a lot of people picking up on my tendencies, but at the highest level, it's kind of like the cool thing about our sport is is being aware of, of like, oh, okay, I can see that they're playing these tendencies because I hit, let's say I hit a cut shot every time on this team the match before, and now you see the next team that plays you playing that cut shot the whole time. And if you're aware of it, and looking for it, you can take advantage of that. Like, okay, now I know exactly what your game plan is. It's to, it's to play against the way I played last match. So I can just reverse my game, and I'm going to kill you in this other way. And that's kind of what the best players in the world are doing. Like, there's no uh, – beach volleyball is it's about being good at every skill and uh, being able to adjust your game. And, and that's – that, that has been huge for me is, like, learning to be aware and watching for adjustments that they're making. And what are some some skills maybe that you're working on or looking to tweak or to adapt to this next level that you and Kelly have graduated to? Really working on my serving right now, both top serve and float serve. I I, I think that was just something I, I wanted to change personally, and I can see, I mean, on the tour, everyone is serving very tough and have a specific serve and can really serve anywhere on the court. So right now that's a big goal of mine and 
getting rid of all the college volleyball, it, which means, you know, you, you pick up a ball and you come in and you're maybe shooting. But that ball I know now I need to hit and I need to put away. So those are definitely some key things right now, is, which is hard because the last four years was college volleyball. But just getting rid of that and focusing specifically on professional volleyball. I'm sure Jose is keeping on you. <laughs> oh yeah, he definitely keeping on us. He he's energetic and loud, so it's it's nice to hear and have him yell at us once in a while, just saying he knows that won't go down, so we need to get rid of it. Yeah, he's been there. He knows what, he knows <laughs> what falls guys, and doesn't fall. Did you guys specifically kind of pick up Jose knowing that he's more of a, a player's coach, like one of the coaches that has played the game at the highest level? A lot of a lot of players don't necessarily relate to to other players. Um, but what I've noticed is Jose maybe goes more, he can relate to his players more rather than other coaches who just kind of want to deliver what they think and they want you to kind of execute what they think rather than Jose who kind of comes with a, more of a neutral perspective and wants to figure it out with you from a player-to-player perspective. I completely agree. I really like that. he He's very relatable, but I think the coolest thing about Jose is he's so determined to learn and grow with us. Yeah. He, he he would straight out say, he's like, I know I'm not the best coach out there right now, but he's bringing cameras to practice. He's, you know, giving us hard drives of like, or flash drives here. You need to watch this specifically. He he lays out a schedule for us. And I, I think that's a really cool thing. And obviously relating is a huge factor because you lose and take a ninth or a 17th. He's like, I've been there. I know how horrible you feel and how much you want to grow from this, but you got to let it go and we got to get back on that court. You know, at the professional level, you lose, you take a ninth. doesn't matter. We're back the next day. We're practicing. And yeah. some people don't want to practice that next day, but he knows how important it is to get out there and practice again. Yeah, that's awesome. We're going to pause there for a quick word from our sponsors. You're listening to Sandcast Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerder, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. VolleyballMag.com is your daily digital news source for all things volleyball, from NCAA women and men to beach volleyball on all levels to international and more. VolleyballMag.com, the only media outlet that covers our sport on all fronts every day. This podcast is also brought to you by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals, which offers the best vacation accommodations in the world's best vacation destinations. Wherever you travel, Florida to Fort Lauderdale for the first major in February or to the Outrigger Canoe Club in Hawaii, (laughs) you're up to California. Choose to rest now luxurious guest rooms, suites, or villas for your next getaway. Villas offer all the comforts of home, including a full kitchen, living and dining area, and separate bedrooms. Stay with the Marriott name you know and trust. Book big spaces and great places today. Visit www.mvcrentals.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Rocks Volleyball. If you know the world of beach volleyball, then you definitely know Rocks Volleyball. Whether it's their Olympic athletes like Phil Dahlhauser and Nick Lucena, or from King Crab's legendary board short line, my personal favorite, by the way. Rocks Volleyball is transcending the world of beach and indoor volleyball by fusing performance, function, and fashion. With the most epic board shorts and bikinis in the game, don't miss out on their 80% off beachwear blowout going on now. And that is 80% off, which is awesome. Or you can even customize your very own pair of board shorts on their website by using the designer. 
Visit www.rocksvolleyball.com to start designing your board short or picking out that perfect suit. Rocks Volleyball, where performance meets fashion. All right, so you started your season internationally at The Hague, and you finished ninth, correct? Yes. So where does that fit on your expectations? Were you okay with that? A little bit disappointed? Disappointed. Disappointed? It's, you know, some people take ninth as, oh, that's a great finish, top ten. But I went into it wanting to get on that podium and knowing we could do better, knowing we could do a lot better. So I came home and was just mad, disappointed, and ready to get back on the court and work. It's, you know, it's I just – the field is really wide open for the women's side right now, and I want to do better and take – right now it's like, what can you do? We're going to take that ninth and just keep training harder and harder and – hopefully have a better outcome in Fort Lauderdale. What uh, what finish for you is kind of like a wash? So where you come home from the tournament, you're like, okay, I didn't get the finish, the ideal finish I wanted, but I'm kind of okay with where I finished and not like really disappointed with it, you know? I, I think the top players, it changes for the top players. Some people it's maybe first or bust. I think it's kind of hard to gauge that right now. Last year as the newcomers and not knowing anything, I think a ninth was a pretty good wash for us. Not saying I'm ever happy with a ninth place, but I think that was kind of like, oh, we're out here, we're a young team, and hey, we did pretty well. You know, we made it out of pool play. But now I'm, you know, I, I think like a fifth, I know it's pretty good out there, but I'm, I'm gearing up to get on that podium every single time this, this season. It's, I, I think for me, at least personally, if no podium, it's kind of a bust. Yeah, so maybe third is like that, where you're like, you're happy, but you're also yeah. pissed because you lost that semifinal. Exactly. I, I think that, you know, that might be a good gauge, but that's almost worse, right? You're still on the podium, it's, but you're like, ah, well, lost it's not that as bad as fourth. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. A fifth is, in the moment, it feels better than a fourth because... You lose a, you get a fourth, you just lost two matches in a row to two chances at the podium and you lost both. And you go home, your picture ain't in the, in the, the, you know, the celebration, the celebration picture. No Instagram for you. No hardware. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. pretty brutal as yeah, well. Fourth is the worst thing in the world. Was readjusting your goals part of the challenge too? I mean, because in, in college, you guys had won everything there was to win. And was it strange sort of setting it as, you know, if we break pool play at first, that might be kind of a good thing? Yeah, it was. it's hard going out there and being the top team on the collegiate field. And, I mean, I don't know how many pros even know that because it's really only in the U.S. And we came out on the pro tour and had, like, the worst spandex tan lines. And people <laughs> honestly made fun of us for it, which was kind of funny. But... Yeah, I don't know. It's just being the competitors we are, I I never even thought of much of, you know, that. It's just like we want to win every single match. Um, so just we would start every tournament and want to finish every tournament on top. And so, I mean, like result-based goals are good. And then there's, you know, kind of process-based goals too. So like say if you were working on your serving or you and Kelly, you're just like, we're just going to try to play well. And like, if you lost to 
you know, Brazilian team that was just balling out in like three sets, you know, and got ninth, like maybe that would be a little bit different. So do you also look at, okay, well, I improved at the things as a player that I wanted to improve upon? Yeah, we definitely look at that. And, you know, sometimes when you're, you're playing against a team and everyone is doing everything right and you're in that third set and you lose that third set, at one point you have to say, what more could we have done? And if that team played great and you played great and it was just an absolute battle, I think sometimes you just have to let those, you know, go away because it's like, what more could we actually really have done to win that match? So it, I think it really just depends and it's it's different. And um, even at the college level, like some wins were just like, that was a horrible win, <laughs> right. you know? And you're like, you always know you can do better. So it's just really evaluating the situation you're in. And you mentioned that the women's field is pretty wide open right now and both in both worldwide and in the States. Cause I think in the U S this is probably the first time in the Olympic era that there isn't a set, just no doubt. Number one team, you know, it, for a while it was Holly McPeak and Misty May and the Misty May and Carrie Walsh and then Carrie Walsh and April Ross. And now we have this top spot that we don't really know. I mean, the sample size for Alex and April is still too small to say, Oh, well they're the clear cut number one. You guys are still so young that it's hard to just pinpoint you guys. And then there's Brooke and Summer and Emily and Brittany. And there's so many good teams out there. It's kind of an exciting time for you, I'm sure, to kind of jump into the professional scene with it being so open right now. It's really exciting. And like you said, there's no clear set number one team. But my goal is to be on that number one team. And I think people look at us as that young team that you know, not many, uh, not many countries on tour have a super young team. Some do, but I don't personally see ourselves as that anymore. I don't want to be associated being that potential team that's young. Like, hey, we're out here, and I'm out here to prove myself now. Yeah, I might be young, but that doesn't matter. I want to be on top, and who cares if I'm young or not? And that's kind of a thing that we're trying to portray at least I'm trying to portray out there it's like it's not okay if we oh they lost but they're young right you know I don't want to hear that anymore I'm here to play and I'm here to win and compete with the top teams in the world it's a similar sentiment I feel that Reed Pretty has because every time that you know Reed will lose in like the semifinal or the quarterfinal it's like all right well he's coming from indoor you know I feel like that's a, a similar thing to what you guys are going through if you guys lose like well they're young you know, and, and I know that, that Reed and Rich Lamborn are both like, you know, if I hit a ball out, it's not because I played indoor. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and same with you guys. It's not like every mistake you make is just because, you know, you're 22 years old. I'm sure Reed hated me uh, saying that on the last stream all year. Oh. He's new. That He's new out here. Was, uh, all right. I guess we're indoors. <laughs> My bad. And, but I mean, because you look at, some of the Brazilians, at least on the male side, I'm still sort of unfamiliar with some of the, the FIVB women, but, you know, Andre and Evandro won, and I think Andre's, what, 22? They won FIVB World Championships. Uh, yeah, he, that was a young team as well. And then you, girl, female Brazilians too, right? Duda. Duda, um, how old is she? I think she's... Similar? 19 now? Oh, dang. 18, 19? Yeah, she's very young. Did you play her in the youth? Yes, played her at the junior levels. Um, wow, she's only 19 now? That's crazy. 
Yeah, she's you're, still you're old. Right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like a friggin' veteran or like old veteran. Yeah. These, luckily, these really old guys like Hayden are sticking around making me feel young still. <laughs> Sometimes it's so depressing too to think about what you were doing when you were 19. Like when I was 19, I was like, where's the nearest case of Natty Light? Dude, <laughs> Dude be, is out of here like yeah, winning no, Russell. I'm, totally, I'm going to be 29 in a six months what the hell happened old man holy crap <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's different in all countries some don't go to school they just play volleyball you know and i think our culture is so different of hey we are professional athletes but we're for sure going to get a college education yeah. you know we have the chance and opportunity to play in college where some of these girls and guys don't have that right. so it's volleyball sometimes is all they have and volleyball is obviously very near and dear to all of our hearts but we you know we want our education and we want more things than just playing in the gym or at the beach every single day right yeah, you guys are kind of the i mean for americans you guys were kind of the first team to be able to do all four years playing beach volleyball and then come out and and perform right away on the professional circuit whereas i mean can't really compare to the guys because we don't have beach volleyball in college but I started playing professional beach at like 23 or 24 years old. Whereas you got, I mean, you can kind of argue that American playing at USC, you're basically a professional athlete. So you went in there at, I don't know, how old do you go to college? 17? Yeah, 17, 17 18, 18. Right So you've kind of been playing at really high level at 17, which kind of goes back to what you were saying. Like people need to realize that we're here to win at this highest level. We think that we're elite world-class professional athletes already. And I mean, you have a lot of experience that people don't really realize. They think you've only had one year of professional. It's like, no, no, we've been, you've been balling at this level for a long time. Yeah. I mean, college is going to give a huge advantage to some girls out yeah. there, especially Kelly and I, we're, we're the kind of the first ones out yeah, and who, have, the who have, have proved that. So it's, I think if you get to the right school and you get the right training, it's going to be very beneficial for Team USA in the future. You're listening to Sandcast, Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerder, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. VolleyballMag.com is your daily digital news source for all things volleyball, from NCAA women and men to beach volleyball on all levels to international and more. VolleyballMag.com, the only media outlet that covers our sport on all fronts every day. This podcast is also brought to you by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals, which offers the best vacation accommodations in the world's best vacation destinations. Wherever you travel, Florida to Fort Lauderdale for the first major in February or to the Outrigger Canoe Club in Hawaii, (laughs) you're up to California. Choose to rest now luxurious guest rooms, suites, or villas for your next getaway. The villas offer all the comforts of home, including a full kitchen, living and dining area, and separate bedrooms. Stay with the Marriott name you know and trust. Book big spaces and great places today. Visit www.mvcrentals.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Rocks Volleyball. If you know the world of beach volleyball, then you definitely know Rocks Volleyball. Whether it's their Olympic athletes like Phil Dahlhauser and Nick Lucena, or from King Crab's legendary board short line, my personal favorite, by the way, Rocks Volleyball is transcending the world of beach and indoor volleyball by fusing performance, function, and fashion. With the most epic board shorts and bikinis in the game, don't miss out on their 80% off beachwear blowout going on now. And that is 80% off, which is awesome. Or you can even customize your very own pair of board shorts on their website by using the designer. 
Visit www.rocksvolleyball.com to start designing your board short or picking out that perfect suit. Rocks Volleyball, where performance meets fashion. And that will do it also for part one with Sarah Hughes. So we recorded, as we sometimes do, a little bit longer than our normal time allotment. So no worries. All we do is just split it into two episodes and keep you guys hanging on the edge of your seats there for the second half of our conversation. So catch us next week on Sandcast here with Sarah Hughes. Thanks, as always, to Marriott Vacation Club Rentals, VolleyballMag.com, and our new sponsor. We're stoked to have them, Rocks Volleyball. If you like us... Hit us with a review on iTunes. We sure do appreciate it. And make sure to catch us next week on Sandcast. <laughs>